0: A song, what a prayer. Uh, pray for God to lead. You know, I, I'm hearing there, pray God come and take us where you want us to be. Show us what you want us to do. Lead, guide, direct, command, send, uh, build your kingdom. Uh, all, all kind of thoughts and themes of, of authority. God tell us where to go. God tell us what to do. God tell us how should we live. Uh, that is all up in the it, it, for question these days, isn't it? Man, wherever you look, there's no authority, there's no direction, no, no. thus saith the Lord, no, go that way, no, this is right, this is wrong. Everything's up for grabs. You know, when I was growing up, maybe it was the same for you, uh, my source of authority were, was, was my parents. You know, when my parents got divorced, really my source of authority was my mom. <laughs> uh, you know, as a little kid, uh, what she said was how it went. When I was a little kid, like, that, that's wrong, that's right. She was my, my filter, and beyond my mom was my cousins, which wasn't a good thing, uh, necessarily. But my my aunts and my uncles, uh, depending on where we lived at a certain time, we bounced around a lot of different places, but we were always around certain family members. That was my filter, that was my touchstone, my guide. Like, what do they say is right? What do they say is wrong? You know, and that's great if you've got a great family. That's great if you've got wise people in your life. Right, that that you're know, under the Lord, under His reign, under His rule, walking in His ways. Uh, I, I I didn't question much until I reached a certain age. There was one uh, I was uh, uh, I don't know I was probably ten or eleven, and we were on the side of the road. The police had pulled us over, and my mom I don't know what they call it in Arizona a DUI, a DWI, whatever. <laughs> she she, she, you know, was drinking and driving, and, and she got pulled over, and I remember uh, somebody came and picked me up and took me home while they took her in, and I was thinking at that moment, I wasn't very smart, Mom, you know, and there's just a whole, a whole bunch of things as, as a young man, how do, you, how, do you, how do you put those things in perspective, but I started realizing that the people in my life weren't, uh, the consequences of their life weren't great, put it that way, <laughs> The outcomes that they were seeing in their lives by the decisions they were making uh, weren't good. How do you make good decisions? How do you know which way to go? How do you know what's right or wrong? Well, in, in her life and in, in my cousin's life and my, my extended family's life, uh, they're driven by the flesh, they're driven by uh, the culture, they're driven by so many different things. So, you know, you turn into a teenager and then suddenly you know everything. And uh, and so I, I decided I knew what was best, I knew how to live, I knew how to which way to go. And, uh, you know, I knew nothing. You know, I was a fool of fools, as it were. Uh, But, you know, you kind of move move beyond like, well, they don't know how to live. Well, maybe I know how, I don't really. So who do you look to as a teenager? Well, you look to your friends, right? That's certainly going to be a winner. Um, You know, a bunch of preteens, and then you get in your teenage years. And, yeah, these guys driven by the flesh and hormones and, you know, fun and all these kind of things. Um, it, was, it was either my peers that were, were my counselors, my guides, my teachers, or it was Hollywood, right, uh, or the, the, the band that I liked at the time, or my, who my peers said were, 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 were the, which way to go. Like, what are they saying? What are their political stances? What are their outlooks in life? Man, I should follow them. That's how I should live, right? <clears throat> how, do you, how do you know what's right or wrong in this life? How do you know which way to go? How do you know what's the best path, right? We, uh, we're all inculturated to some degree. Uh, somebody's teaching us. Somebody's telling us which way to go. Somebody's giving us directions. Whose voice are you listening to? Right. And, and boy, I figured out, you know, my peers weren't an upgrade to my mom. My mom loved me, even though she, you know, she made some decisions and choices that ruined her in many ways and weren't very wise. My, my peers didn't love me. They didn't care for me. They were living for flesh, they were living for themselves, they were living for what they wanted to do, and I was just along for the ride. Corporations that are selling things to us, do they they care about our outcome, our end, our future? You know, the the social media influencers that are out there now that our kids are listening to, uh, who's teaching them? Who's leading them? What philosophy are they living by? You start running down these paths, and who is truly wise? What, what, what is the best way to follow? Uh, praise God, when I was a late teenager, I came to faith in Jesus Christ. And, I, and somebody, uh, I didn't really have anybody to disciple me. Maybe it was in a church service like this. Maybe it was in a setting like this where somebody said, you know, God has given us His will. We have the Word of God to follow, to obey, to live by, to walk in. Thank God. Thank God that at some point in that journey of becoming a new Christian, I decided that I would be a man who walked in the Word. I want to call you today to be somebody who looks to Scripture as your authority, who follows the Word of God in your decisions, in your family, in your marriages, in, in, in your choices. Are we a people of the book? Are we people that have been gift, we've been gifted with this, this incredible Word of God? Are we walking in it? Is, is it our authority? or not, and if it's not, what is, or who's your teacher today? May it be God. Now, please open your Bibles to Acts, Acts chapter 17, Acts chapter 17, verse 1. Uh, we probably have about six or seven more weeks in Acts, and then, then we'll move into the summer time, but uh, this, this has been a great study for me to put some things together. Uh, I read the book of First Thessalonians several times this week, and it's just kind of cool to see how things line up. Reading through the history of Paul and Silas's journeys, and then the later letters that he wrote to the churches. Uh, but there's, uh, it's, it's just a great uh, uh, scripture. Uh, so many things are coming to, for me personally. I hope it's been good to you as for you as we walk through these passages. But look, look at this uh, this passage in this season in their missionary journey, and see, think about wisdom, think about your decisions, think about your choices, and 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 what what's what's guiding you? How are you making decisions today? What choices are being are being made, and why? Uh, th- just l- hear hear this word. Chapter seventeen, verse one. Now, when they had passed through Amphipolis and Ap- Apollonia. They came to Thessalonica. So they left Philippi, remember? Remember how they left Philippi and they left in disgrace. They had been arrested. They'd been beaten, been thrown in the jail. And the magistrates escorted them out, like, shamefully, like, we're so sorry. We didn't know you were Roman citizens. We wouldn't have brutalized you if we had known who you were. So they were treated just terribly. But they came to Thessalonica. It's about 95 miles kind of southwest of Philippi, like northwest Greece. And they're moving moving kind of south southwest uh, through Greece, they, they come to Thessalonica, it's a capital of the region, uh, where there was a synagogue of the Jews. Paul went in, as was his custom, and the Sabbath days he reasoned with them from the Scriptures, explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer, to rise from the dead, saying, this Jesus, whom I proclaim to you, is the Christ. Some of them were persuaded and joined Paul and Silas, as did many of the devout Greeks, not a few of the leading women, but the Jews were jealous. And taking some wicked men of the rabble, they formed a mob, set the city in an uproar, and attacked the house of Jason, seeking to bring them out to the crowd. When they could not find them, they dragged Jason and some of the brothers before the city authorities, shouting, These men who have turned the world upside down have come here also. And Jason has received them, and they're acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying that there's another king, Jesus people and the city and the authorities were disturbed when they heard these things. They'd taken money as security from Jason, and the rest, they let them go. So the brothers immediately sent Paul and Silas away by night, or some translation might say Silvanus, by night away to Berea. When they arrived, they went into the Jewish synagogue. It's another 40, 45 miles southwest of Thessalonica or something like that. They went into the Jewish synagogue. Now, these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica, they received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. Many of them therefore believed, with not a few Greek women of high standing as well as men. But when the Jews from Thessalonica heard that the word of God was proclaimed by Paul Berea also, they came there too, agitating and stirring up the crowds. And the brothers immediately sent Paul off on his way to the sea, but, but Silas and Timothy remained there. Uh, and, and those who uh, conducted Paul brought him to, as far as Athens, and after receiving command for Silas and Timothy to come to him as soon as possible, they, they departed. So, so next week, we'll get into Athens and that, that incredible scene of Paul preaching there, what happened, what God did there. But we, we see that uh, these missionaries have a mission. Their mission is to proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ. Wherever they go, whatever they're doing, they're they're proclaiming the gospel, they're calling people to faith, they're calling people to repentance, they're calling people to believe in Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of sins, for salvation. Man, they're on mission. They've they've been sent by God and they go here and there. They they have a certain strategy, of course. Uh, We are sent as well, but how do we go about sharing the gospel with people? You, You just don't walk, I guess some people walk up to people's doors and knock and say, hey, let me tell you about Jesus. But most of us not comfortable with that, it doesn't fit our culture very well, uh, et cetera, et cetera. But uh, every, every missionary, whatever generation, whatever age, whatever country, they usually come up with some kind of strategy. And for Paul and Silas, their strategy was to go to the synagogue, right? These, these uh, Jewish men who'd converted to Jesus Christ, who are following Jesus as the Messiah, as the Lord, hey, let's go talk to, we got a natural bridge to these people got a natural connection with these people. Let's, let's go to the synagogue. The synagogue is where the, uh, the Jewish men met every Saturday on the Sabbath. They'd met to, they, they met to sing songs. They met to read the Psalms and chant the Psalms. They, they, they would uh, read Scripture. Uh, they'd pray. Uh, they, they'd also uh, ask somebody to speak, give a homily, give, give a message, maybe even a sermon if, if that person was so inclined. And so the strategy, Paul being a rabbi, he had kind of an in. And a lot of these places, uh, these Jewish populations, they they didn't have really well-trained men. And so when they saw somebody that was uh, well-trained in in speaking and and well-trained in the scriptures, they'd invite him to speak. Hey, would you mind bringing a word of encouragement to the congregation today? And Paul's saying, oh, really, me? Yes. Yes, you. Oh, okay. I'll do it if you want me to. Right? And so there'd be a daily reading in the synagogue from the the law, the prophet, or the Psalms. That's the way the Jewish people broke up the Old Testament, what we call the Old Testament. And so he would launch from there. The strategy was hey, if I get a chance to speak, I'm going to take that that daily scripture reading. And because all the Old Testament eventually points to Jesus Christ, all the Old Testament, some fashion or another, uh, foreshadows, is a type of, of Jesus. Uh, it was easy for the Apostle Paul, somebody who had memorized great portions of the Old Testament, to say, hey, this leads to that, this points to this, this, this goes, and so he, he'd use it, and he you know, there'd be various ways to go about it, but if you're talking about creation, man, God created the heaven and the earth, right? God gave, God gave Israel uh, promises through Abraham. Uh, we fell into sin, the nations fell into sin, but God wanted to bless the nations, uh, all the nations will be blessed through the blessing given to Abraham. What, what is that? And he'd use that to walk the path to Jesus, right? Or the, if he was talking about what, uh, David, you know, some of the stories, history of David or the Psalms of David, you know, David, man, a, God after, a man after God's own heart, he was a king, but God promised him a kingdom that would never end. He realize that the king has come. You know, he'd, all, he'd always lead to Jesus, Always about Jesus Christ, the Christ. And he'd get to that. We, we Jews have been waiting for the Christ, haven't we? We Jews have been waiting for the Christ, the, the Messiah, which means the Anointed One. The, the kings of old were anointed with oil. So the Messiah became known as the Anointed One, the Christ in Greek, or Messiah in Hebrew or Aramaic. Uh, he'd, he'd lead there and he said, Let me tell you about the Christ. And he'd, he'd, he'd use the scriptures. That's what it's, it's, it's saying here. Uh, he, he'd, he'd take them, as, as he brought the word of God, the word of Christ, the gospel to them. In, in verse 2, Paul went in and was his custom. And for three Sabbath day, days, he reasoned with them from the scriptures. Reasoned, debated, addressed them. He didn't, he didn't come from his own, his own philosophy. He didn't come from his own uh, worldview that he made up. Everything was driven by the scriptures. Everything was driven by uh, the history of what God has done in the world, the authoritative scriptures. He reasoned, he debated, he addressed them from the scriptures. My, my point being that his source of authority were the scriptures. He didn't stand on, on some kind of a degree from Jerusalem somewhere. He didn't, dis, he didn't, didn't stand on his own, his own wisdom. He stood on the scriptures. What we call the Bible. Uh, he, he reasoned with them for, from the scriptures. So, so Luke tells us he was there for three Sabbaths. Uh, reading through first and Second Thessalonians is probably there much longer. We realize that uh, he, he as he's talking to the Thessalonicans, the Thessalonians, um, he, uh, he was a tent maker. He and Silas, they, they earned their living. so he was bivocational, if you want to call it that. He, he would earn his living, he, would, uh, he had the right for them to take care of him as, as a teacher, but he refused that. Um, probably there for several months is what I'm trying to say. Uh, he built relationships with these people. He, as some came to Christ, he would, he would uh, disciple them. And So by the time that he was driven out, he and Silas had to leave, there was a solid core of believers there. And what was it based on? What was the church that started there based on? It was based on the scriptures. Because that's that's how he told them about life and about the world and about God and about the Christ. Uh, in verse 3, explaining and proving that it was necessary for the Christ to suffer and rise from the dead. This Jesus, whom I proclaim to you, is the Christ. And so... From synagogue to synagogue, from Saturday to Saturday as, as they went down that road, the, the apostle and, and Silas, they, they, would, they would teach and they'd explain and they'd address and they'd lead to the point of saying, yeah, the Christ, believe it or not, the Christ has come. He fulfilled all these scriptures. Let's look at them. Let, let's, let's study it. Let's, let's dive in. God prophesied that through the, through the prophets. He prophesied that. Uh, through Deuteronomy, you know, through, through Leviticus, it, the, the Scripture said this would happen. And, and it's happening, right? It's happened. He, he'd explain to them, like, he'd open the Scriptures and he'd expound the Scriptures. This means that. This doesn't mean that. Some of, you, some, some of our forefathers, some rabbis taught this, but I say it, it means this. Explain. But somebody would say, what do you think about this? I don't agree with you. So he would prove from Scripture this happened, or that happened, or, or how could he be the Christ if he died? The Messiah is not supposed to die, and so he'd say, well, yes, he was supposed to. Scripture says. He rose from the dead? What, what do you mean he rose from the dead? Yeah, Scripture says. Can you show me where that's at, Paul? Absolutely. Let's, let's look. So you can imagine those, what, 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 what fun studies those would have been in those synagogues. In the synagogue in Thessalonica, for sure, um, as he opened it up. The Apostle Paul uh, built his ministry, built his teaching, his preaching. He brought the gospel through now Europe. Now they're in Europe. And he's already seen conversions in Europe, as, as we saw last week. Uh, and and he's, he's basing it all on God's authority. God's delegated authority, the Scriptures. How should you live? How should you walk? How should you uh, spend your money? How should we, you be married? How should you do business? How should you interact with people? Uh, culture says a variety of things, and the number of things that culture is saying is, is growing at an incredible rate. <laughs> Who's to tell? Who's to know? Got, you know, several hundred subcultures in our American culture This culture says this is the way you should live. This subculture, you know, in a a city the size of Denver, you know, with with hundreds of ethnicities, hundreds of different backgrounds, hundreds of different religions present, you got multiple different cultures from block to block, from place to place, from business to business saying this is right, this is wrong, this is right, this is wrong. How do you know? Even in our rural environment, we have many different subcultures, as it were. Uh, ways of thinking and ways of deciding, ways of choosing. Paul built his life on the Word of God. For he met Jesus, uh, he was already well indoctrinated, as it were, well taught in the Scriptures. And he continued that on because the Scriptures are God's very words. God's very words. Now, you start thinking along those lines, who am I listening to right now? The decision I made last week to do such and such, did did I go to God's word? Did did, did I filter it through? Was was the scripture my touchstone? Was it my plumb line? Was it my guide or did I just go with my gut? Did I just go with because I saw on social media so-and-so said to do it that way or my peer group said to do it that way? Who's Who's your teacher right now? Who's who's leading you right now in your decisions? Who is guiding you in the way you should go? Paul would say it should be, I mean, man, God's word should be our guide. The scriptures should be our teacher, our our leader, our filter, our standard. How do we know what's right today? How do we know what's wrong today? Man, politicians will tell you, but they come and go with every election. Man, the, the world's changing so fast, you guys. People are coming up with philosophies and, and reasons. What, what is it built on? What, what, where are they getting these ideas? Is it from God or from the devil? How do you know? So so he was in Thessalonica, and uh, he's preaching, you know, and, and uh, the, it says the Jewish people not all, not all the Jewish people, and so we have to make that that really clear, like every culture, every religion theres there's, there's a whole a kind of a continuity of of good people and not so good people right <laughs> there's there's immature people and mature people on that that line there's certainly some Jewish people that, that loved Yahweh, loved God. Right? We know that from the Old Testament and uh, some of the psalms and and just from historical things, but there were some Jews in Thessalonica that they weren't about God they it was their culture it was it was winning and, and advancing their religion or you know sometimes sometimes churches get into battles, don't they with other churches like we're all on the same team we all worship the Lord Jesus. We're Trinitarian uh, uh, monotheists but sometimes churches get off this 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 track of competition or Man, we're better than them. We got spirit. Yes, we do. You know, it kind of, and it just, it's, ah, oh, sometimes it just slays me. Just, uh, we have so much in common, but we, we pick out the minutia and we divide over that. We have the same spirit, the same Jesus, the same Father. Uh, but here, we, these guys, like, okay, the, the, there's converts, you know, like, like the god fears. It says the Greeks that were in the synagogue. I think we've said this many times, and let, let me say it at least one more time. Uh, there was a lot of uh, Gentile people grew up pagan in places like Thess- Thessalonica. They, they were drawn to the monotheism of the Jews. They were drawn to the ethics and the morals, the good ways of living, because the pagan way of living was just horrible <laughs> sometimes. So there was these people that became known as God-fearers who would go to the synagogue. They didn't convert to Judaism, but they started living in Jewish ways. They started living by God's ways. Um, <laughs> And they're, now they're turning to Jesus, and, and the, these people in the synagogue, they're like, hey, those are our converts. Like, they owned them or something, right? They're, they're following Jesus, the Messiah. Haven't you been listening to my preaching? He's the Messiah. He's the one that Yahweh promised. You should be happy that they're following Yahweh, following Jesus, following the Lord now. He's the king, is he not? Right? And so, but, but they're, they're jealous of Hey, they're taking our converts, they're taking our Gentiles, and they, they get jealous. They're thinking in worldly, fleshly, selfish, ego-driven ways. And so they, they round up, it says, it says they, uh, some of them were persuaded, joined Paul and Silas. So, so maybe you know, maybe Paul and Silas, once the synagogue kind of run ended, they started meeting in another place. There's a great many of devout Greeks, not a few of the leading women. I, you know, Women in Greek culture, apparently, they, they had some influence there beyond some of the other uh, patriarchal societies of the time. But, but the Jews were jealous taking some of the wicked men of the rabble. <laughs> that, that's all the translations. Man, I looked at a whole bunch of translations to see how that was translated. Um, one translation said they, they took the, 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 the bums <laughs> from the marketplace. They, they took the, the dregs of society. You know, so the picture is there's all these people kind of in the city center, like kind of homeless people or people that are not working for a living, people that are just kind of, you know, rabble-rousers. They, they don't know what to do with themselves, and so the, these Jewish people said, hey, we can, we can use them to our ends. And uh, so they said, hey, let's go have a riot. Yeah, riot. <laughs> kind of a deal. And I don't know how you motivate, you know, people that are, uh, you know, um, bums or the, the wicked. How do, you, how do you get them to do what you want? Well, they, you know, they probably paid them pretty well. That doesn't happen in our day at all, right? For media exposure or whatever, it, not, it never happens. But, but they said, hey, we want you to go cause some problems for these people. And so they did. So they accused them of various things. Uh, and really, their accusation, if you look at verse 6, they could not find them. They, they dragged. So Paul and Silas weren't at, they were staying at Jason's house. Jason apparently had become a convert, now he's following Jesus. He's a, he's a believer. He's a Christian now. And there was other brothers that they found in this house. Apparently, Jason was a man of means. He had a lot of wealth. Uh, just like Lydia in Philippi, she had a lot of wealth. Hey, come stay at my house. The Jason has a lot of money. He has a lot of means. And so there's a lot of brothers there. They couldn't find Paul and Silas, so they bring Jason, Jason out, and, and they bring him before the city authority, the magistrates. And, hey, but look, look, at the, look at their accusation. It's really a compliment. These men have turned the world upside down. <laughs> they mean that in a bad way. These, world, these, 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 these people are causing problems all over the Roman Empire. We've heard it from other places. They're turning the world upside down. In the power of the gospel of Jesus Christ, turning lives around, the scriptures of God, the word of God, as it's brought forth, as it's brought to people, it changes people's lives. It changed my life. I'm sure it's changed your life. Uh, and they, they meant it as an insult, but Paul and Silas were like, okay, yeah, amen. <laughs> I can imagine them. Or Paul and Silas weren't there, but maybe they heard of it later. Uh, of, of what's, what's going on. But the second charge is more serious um, when they say uh, they're acting against the decrees of Caesar, saying that there's another king, Jesus. Now, that's uh, sedition or treason. That's a serious charge. Uh, it could get them killed, right? It's, it's not something, but they are. That's what they're preaching. That's what we preach. Jesus is king. Jesus is the Lord. Jesus is my Lord. He's my King. I don't have another King. I don't have a Lord, another Lord. I don't have another Master. I hope you don't have another Master other than Jesus. I, don't have you, I hope you don't have another CEO other than Jesus Christ. Jesus the Messiah. Jesus the King. He should be our leader, not like I remember in the 80s when MTV came out. You know, like I think MTV was my leader. I think MTV was my, my director in the absence of mom, in the absence of my dad, I, you know, the, the culture of the day, I, wh- why did I dress the way I did? Why did I act the way I did? Why, why did I say the things I said? I, I mimicked a lot. I followed a lot uh, of what I saw. And, and man, our kids right now, you, are you seeing what's happening with them, with, with social media and some of the influencers that they're listening to? The things that are coming out of their mouth, where's it coming from? It's not coming from the Word. It's not coming from God. It's coming from the world. The lost world. This is how you should live. This is how you should act. This is how you should be. It's just terrifying some of the choices they're making because of worldly wisdom. And so, yeah, the the guiltiest charge, we are preaching Jesus as the king. You know, Jesus in the gospel, my kingdom come. You know, he taught us to pray. May your kingdom come, may your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. May if, if he has a kingdom, he's a king. He's the Lord. When the King comes, He's going to reign over the earth as the sovereign, as the authoritative one, as the boss. So yeah, they're, they're probably saying Jason and the brothers, yeah, yeah. But but it doesn't mean like we're we're we we we're dissing the government. God has delegated the government as an authority. It's not like because we have Jesus as our King, we we don't follow the laws. Because God gave, God gave the scriptures, God gave the government for our blessing, for our benefit. So there's no kind of clash there unless the government says to do something that God says not to do. When the government says you shall not when God says you shall, we go with God. Because he's the king. He's the creator. He's the Lord. He's the boss. But most of the time we can... Follow the government just fine. I'm grateful for our government. I'm grateful for our 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 city leaders and our county leaders and our state leaders. I'm grateful we have someone that tells me which side of the road to drive on. <laughs> we all can follow the same rules. I'm grateful for our government, but God is my king. Jesus is my king. So they they're walking down that road, and and uh, so they the the magistrates. What they do is they, they, they it says in verse 9, when they had taken money as security from Jason and the rest, they let them go. It was kind of a, a, a dud because the foreigners weren't there. Paul and Silas Silas weren't there, so the mob kind of, dun, 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 kind of deal. But what they did was they took bail, so to speak, and what that meant was they took money from Jason and, and the brothers, and, and basically what they're saying, if we see these rabble rousers again, you know, from their perspective, Paul and Silas, Jason, you're going to lose your bail money, and you might you might be going to jail in their place. So it was a threat. It was a way to control. But it was okay, so they, they leave. You know, I think sometimes we feel like we have to fight against the world or you, we have to be martyrs in every, every situation, and every setting. Like we have to fight always. Well, be, be as, as wise as, serpent, as serpents and innocent as dove doves, right? So the church, as they talked about it, they could stand and fight. Paul and Silas could go preaching the next day in the, in the, in the city center or at the, at the market. But wisdom pointed another direction. Why throw your pearls before pigs? Why, why go there? So they're on a mission to preach the gospel. And obviously the city is at a point where now the church is established. The church can do it. Paul and Silas don't need to do that. So they move on to Berea. Berea is again another... Not as important as Thessalonica, but it's an important uh, city on a trade route. They arrived in that that city, and guess what? Verse 10, they went into the Jewish synagogue. Now, now Luke is impressed by the Bereans. Uh, The Bereans have a special place in in churches. Uh, Maybe you grew up, I didn't grow up in church, but maybe you grew up in church. I imagine Sunday school teachers or or children's church leaders sometimes say, got to be a Berean. Are you a Berean? what, What does that mean? Now, verse 11, now these Jews were more noble than those in Thessalonica. They received the word with all eagerness, examining the scriptures daily to see if these things were so. So when it says they were more noble, like they were eager for the word of God. They were eager to see what God was doing. They weren't closed-minded, so to speak. They weren't shut off to tradition. We've always done it this way. God can't do anything new. God can't change Anything in our world, you know, this is the way they—they're open-minded, noble-minded. In this, this sense, means open-minded in, in in the positive term, not in the negative, sinful term, uh, of the word. They were—they were, they were noble. They were eager for what God was doing in their midst. They wanted—they welcomed God's movement in their church, in, in 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 their setting, in the synagogue. You know, they weren't Christians yet. They weren't believers yet. But they were—they were, yeah, God. We we need you to move, like that song that we prayed. Come set our hearts afire. Come move in our midst. Come be God here today. We need you. They were open-minded. So when they heard Paul's message, he comes there. He comes to the synagogue. He's preaching the gospel again. He's saying, man, Jesus is the Lord. He's risen from the dead. You can find forgiveness of sins in Jesus Christ if you place your faith in him. You can have the Spirit of God come into your life as well if you trust in him. You can be saved through faith in Jesus Christ. Man, the, the sermons that Paul brought to the Bereans, they're like, yeah, yeah, you, can, you just know they got, they got pumped up about it. But the reasons why the Bereans are held up as people that we should respect and we should emulate and follow is they didn't just accept these, these uh, persuasive speakers on their words alone. Right? Uh there's, there's, there's people in this world that are great salesmen, aren't they? Women or men that can sell anything. And my, my dad, I, I watched him when I was a kid. He was such a great salesman. He could talk people into anything. And some people are awful, awful gullible, like, well, that feels right. That seems right. Like, like maybe when I was, you know, in the 80s watching MTV, like, yeah some of the political stuff that I bought into, some of the belief systems I bought into. Yeah, because it's got this this background riff. Yeah, I was moved by that. That sounds right because of my emotions. But the Bereans are like, yeah, that sounds right, but where does it say it in Scripture, Paul? You said that uh, the Scriptures said that the, the Messiah would suffer and die. Can you show us where that's at? They examined the scriptures daily to see what if Paul said was true or not. In other words, scripture was their authority. Scripture was what they banked on. It was their touchstone. It was their standard. It was their guideline. It was their plumb line. It was their X, Y, and Z. As good Jewish men, they were trained in that. There's all kinds of pagan philosophies, and all kinds of uh, emotional selling points, things you can believe in that the world says, this is right. And the Word of God says, there is a way that seems right to men, but in the end it leads to death. How many people right now are choosing the way of death out of emotion, out of feeling, because everybody at the school is doing it? Man, I, I remember when I was a kid, like, you, you would, every season the, the, the dress code would change by the popular kids. They started wearing this, this type of clothing, you know, and it was funny watching the girls in the 80s as the hair grew. Remember that? Some of you that are old enough? Like, man, those, those 70s and 80s, the hair was just massive. I think that's why we got the ozone hole in, uh, right in the, in the hole because of the, all the hairspray. And it's, just, it's just funny looking back how we are so influenced by culture and so influenced by our peers Well, if they have a giant hairdo, I better have a giant hairdo. How many of our kids right now are being influenced by social media? Well, I guess if they're doing it, I should do it. But the Brian said, just because you bring an idea to my mind doesn't mean it's right. Let's run it through Scripture. Let's run it through the Word of God. Let's decide what's right and wrong based on the Word of God, not on human Fickleness or human changing ways. I remember I bought a shirt from J.C. Penny, right uh, back when Michael Jordan was so so popular. I want to be like Mike, right? And I, I walked into school with that shirt on, boom, 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 like the shirt meant anything. <laughs> by, by six months later, it was nothing. How powerful is culture? How powerful are influencers? How powerful are our ideas? But the Bereans said, show us in Scripture, where is it written? And Paul says, thus saith the Lord. He's shown you, old man, what is good. Are you walking in it? Are you living by His Word? Are you listening to His voice? The very words of God, inspired Word of God given to us so they 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 examine it daily they they chase that down and okay man paul your preaching your teaching is lining up with scripture we believe and and again there's there's various people that believe there various people that didn't that's uh, comes back um, right to grace and uh, the various various things behind the scenes that are going on god working in hearts their season in life etc cetera, etc cetera. um they were agitated, you know, the, the Thessalonians came and agitated things and, and they had to leave again, which is, which is great. Nothing wrong with that, they just found a new place to preach. But again, they were there for long enough that the church started. They had believers there that would then share the gospel again and again on the scriptures. They bring the gospels based on the, the scriptures, the word of God, the preaching of the gospel based on God's holy word. I I, I think sometimes in our busyness and our hecticness of of living, we have multiple decisions we need to make every day with our kids or our grandkids or business or life. We just we're just checking the boxes sometimes. We're going through the motions. We don't stop to think about, man, is this is this good? Is this a good way to walk? Is this is this the right way to live? I know everyone else is doing it, but is this what God would have for me? Uh, Is this a good decision? And and God God works in various ways, doesn't he? He's got a sovereign will, a sovereign will behind the scenes that God is doing what he's going to do. He doesn't tell us, right? The, the, The secret things belong to God. The revealed things belong to us and our children, Deuteronomy 29, 29. The secret things belong to God. God sovereignly is in control of this world. Great. He doesn't tell me what he does. He doesn't tell me his decisions. He doesn't tell me how he's working out his decrees. Sometimes, with His sovereign will, there's also kind of special movements of God, right? We, we saw that uh, when they were uh, back, in, back in Asia, back in, in Turkey, when uh, Paul had that dream of the man from Macedonia, come over to Macedonia, right? And, he, and the Spirit of God moved in a special way, don't go to that region, don't go to that region, go to Macedonia. And even today, God sometimes speaks in audible ways, Rarely. Sometimes, sometimes God do, works in miraculous, beyond normal means, ways to accomplish His will. He can do that anytime. He, this is not a closed system to God, it's an open system. He can work in this world any way, anytime He sees fit. But most of the time, for believers, He's, uh, he's already given His will uh, in the Word of God. And it's our privilege. It's our, it's our honor, it's our, it's our blessing to seek out His directions, His instructions, His way to live. Uh, well, boy, that's a, that's a big book drawn. I, I don't know if I can do that. And I say, well, yeah, there's a lot of movies on Netflix, aren't there? And I bet you've watched a lot of movies. Or, or you, you, there's a lot of things you could do in this life. There's a lot of things you could study. There's a lot of things you could pursue. Is, is, there, is, is there some of the things you're pursuing right now, is it more important than learning the Word of God? Like a few weeks ago, I talked about how Elizabeth and I were put in a position to we have to buy an RV. We made that decision, and we, we bought one kind of a deal. It's a small decision in, in the big scheme of things, but it was stressful for us. It was challenging for us. What I did with that was, is there anything that, uh, in this, this decision that's coming, is there anything within the moral will of God that I'm violating? Is there any principles, is there anything happening here that uh, would be wrong, would, that would be displeasing to my king, that would be out of, out of bounds to the Lord? And, uh, or am I free? And so once I figured I was free to do this, I prayed for wisdom. I prayed for His guidance. I, I, prayed, I talked to various counselors, as the Word says, to seek wisdom. And, I, and I, I made a decision. But I'm afraid in our craziness and our hecticness, we often think about God's instructions last. We're just pressed to decide now, today, get her done, kind of deal. But what is God's Word? You know, it's, it's, it's incredible that God would love us enough. That God would love us enough to give us all these instructions. That He would care for eno- us enough. Like, who, who's God, right? He's the creator. He, he's the highest being. He's the, the everlasting, the almighty, wiser than any of us. And He sees things from a perspective that we never see. He understands reality when we don't understand reality. And he says, here's how you should live, Geron. Here's, in in, in the scriptures, what what does he give us? He gives us direct commands. Don't do that. That's stupid. (laughs) That'll get you in trouble. Like, Like, I wish I could go back and I could, you know, say to my mom, hey, man, it's okay to have alcohol, but don't get drunk. Or various ways. I I wish I could go back to family members or my own younger self and say, man, the Word said, don't do that, but you did it. (laughs) God tells us not only not what to do, but how to live. He gives us commands that are positive and they're meant to bring life, to bring us a good life, that we would thrive, because He loves us as a father. Not only does he give commands and negative and positive in terms of our perspective, how we hear them, but he he gives historical accounts. He gives stories to guide us, like all those Old Testament stories. What are they there for? They're there for to give us wisdom, like that's how Elijah lived, or that's how David lived, that's how Jeremiah lived, that's how Samson lived. So we can learn to avoid those ways of living or emulate those ways of living. He gives us proverbs and principles and statutes to live by. Man, it's incredible what God has given us to guide us, to, to, to transform us, to, make it, to lead us to Christ, to make us godly men and women, to make us holy as He is holy. It, it, man, he's, he's so good. He's, he's loved us so much. He, he took the time and the energy to inspire those gospel writers to give us the Word of God, and I would call you to make it your authority. God could directly tell you what to do every day, but He's delegated the authority. He's given His authority indirectly through the Word of God. And it's our privilege and it's our honor to listen and obey, to walk in the Word, to find out what the good path is so we can bear fruit for His glory and for His honor and for our benefit and for our children's benefit. Man, are you walking in the word or not luke would you please come are you walking in authority or not are you walking with god or not may god be your authority may god be your touchstone your standard your may the word of god be your teacher your guide your leader and may you be blessed in it